Matt Will. No L's, just sevens. This is the bliss, licking they lips, Twitter with this, minimal risk, finity shifts, ribbon off rip, quick in the hits, first on the list, this, mad will, going crazy on the daily, dropping facts like a shower in the world of rain and entertainment, yeah, another day, another pod, all these thoughts are up facade, so I had to ask him what he got, said he got a lot, said he got a lot of what, got a lot of shifts, and it's time for the daily blitz. Good morning, everybody. It's Thursday, November 11, 18. Welcome back to the Daily Blitz Football Pod with your host, Big Johnny Stud at MLB Moving AVG or type in NFL Moving Averages into that Bluebird Twitter machine to hook up with me, John Legaza, our other host, Mr. Matt Williams, will be in the chair tomorrow for the big show. Shoot him a follow at M. A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-A-M-S. That Friday show is cannot miss. But I've been here putting the Daily back into the Daily Blitz on Monday. The review of picks and lineups with the look at Monday Night Football. Tuesday, all 32 teams injury reports plus the subsequent waiver wire moves. Wednesday, you get the first look at the betting board with some professional tips. We did that yesterday. It was a killer. It's really evergreen. You could go back and check that one anytime. Brings us to Thursday, I like to look at the Thursday night football game, do a quick cat, maybe provide a pick if there is one, and then look at the draft king bargain bin. Something that I found we had been overlooking, or I should say I have been overlooking during the big show. A really important thing to have your eye on, those bargain pieces. They can be the center of your build. Again, you know, ownership and all those things play into it as well. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Let's take a look at the Thursday night football game. New England Patriots heading to Atlanta to face those Falcons. Could not find two teams heading in more opposite directions. Patriots really getting right. They look awesome. Mac Jones has been the best rookie quarterback and he continues to get better as they take the top off the offense, right? As they pull off those restrictor plates, letting Mac go a little bit deeper than he normally would. And again, he's very efficient. They run an efficient offense. They love to run the ball. He doesn't have to be great, but he's been as good as you can be, only topping 230 yards once in the past five weeks but they're four and one Patriots really getting good right now I was starting to fall into the Falcons Matt Ryan was starting to look really sharp that ship has kind of sailed not that I'm selling out on Ryan outright but they keep losing major pieces Ridley was bad enough losing Patterson is probably the nail in that coffin line set at six and a half Falcons getting plus 235 on the money line that's like a $22 point if you want to know what I'm referring to just check out yesterday's episode we talk about doing the math against the spread now that really is a pretty good offer to get down on the points and that dog money line but the way the Patriots are playing on both sides of the ball combined with both sides of the ball for the Falcons really tough to back the dog in this one right just because the odds are good doesn't mean the bet is good Falcons really struggling on offense overall less than 20 points a game only 325 yards a game 5.1 yards a play those are all firmly in the bottom third they do have a little bit of giddy up to the offense 27 seconds of play down to 29 in neutral script those are both considered really fast but they're just not efficient only 31 yards a drive less than two minutes and 40 seconds per drive as well that all important drive success rate set below 70 they struggle on both sides of the ball really no run game to speak of don't know what they were thinking moving ahead with Mike Davis that 
experiment really just hasn't worked. Davis, let's see, has not topped 53 rushing yards all season. He has popped up with some receptions, not really any yards, 7 for 25, 5 for 22. So that's really a pure checkdown thing. I would not be surprised if you begin to see the Falcons start to work in Wayne Gallman. We saw him dominate as far as carries, 15 carries, but the snap share was pretty equal. Gallman, 23 snaps to Mike Davis's 20. Again, that was with Patterson going down and Gallman stepping in. I believe with a full week to play, it's Gallman who we're going to get in that lead role, how much they're going to be able to do. I don't know. Let's take a look at the new England office averaging 27 points a game. That number been ticking up. They're starting to get it right. 360 yards a game, middle of the pack, but they are pretty efficient on offense. New England also has that time drive pace script that just screams under 28 seconds of play over 31 and a half in neutral script, but they're efficient more than 35 yards per drive, more than three minutes per drive and a 75% drive success rate. What does that mean, people? And we talked about the slowish kind of close to the line offense for the Patriots. It means they operate slow and get first downs, which is a death for the over, something we want to keep an eye on for today. Falcons defense really struggling. Let's get into the defensive side. Falcons defense allowing 29 points a game, almost 370 yards per game as well. The points in the bottom third, more than 36 yards a drive and allowing a 77% drive success rate. They struggle against efficient offenses with high completion percentages. Sounds like I'm describing the Pats. Falcons are going to have their hands full. They've particularly struggled on defense against the pass, 27.7 pass DVOA. They've only gotten 11 sacks with a 4% adjusted sack rate. Those are all bottom three in the league, allowing 24 completions for 245 yards a game. Not terrible, but teams have been able to dominate as far as script goes. Falcons allowing more than 21 points a game to opposing quarterbacks. Blackbirds also struggling against pass catching running backs. 29 points a game from opposing running backs, averaging eight targets and 54 yards a game. Let's pop on in. I give you a little bit of context here for all you out there in radio land. Miles Sanders started off the year, 20 touches. He went north of 100. Saquon Barkley's just shy of 100 on 20 touches. Then as of late, we saw the Saints backs combine for nine catches. We saw the Cowboys backs combine for nine catches. So though it has not been pure damage on the ground, in fact, I'm seeing not a single running back has topped 75 yards on the ground, which sounds pretty decent, but opposing teams are extending their run game with the short passes, allowing Atlanta in and then working behind them. That's been part of the problem for those Falcons. So when we just kind of lay out that entire matrix, going to be really, really tough for the Falcons to compete with New England here. If you're not familiar with my work, welcome aboard to all those new, unique listeners. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this Daily Blitz football podcast. We're working so very, very hard to put out a free product. If it's free, my mama said then it's for me. It only takes you just a second and not a penny in order to help out your boys, Matt and Johnny, back to the game. I think the Patriots walk away with this one handily, but what I was getting at, if you're unfamiliar with my work, is my total disdain for Thursday night games. They're atrocious, the quality of play is atrocious, but more importantly, from a humanitarian standpoint, these are human beings. This is an impossible game to recover from. Seven days hardly feels like enough. I do not believe five or four days is. Please, 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 if the NFL cared about the quality of the product or the players as much as they pretend to, they 
would abolish the Thursday night game, but it's those green pieces of paper that makes the world go round. So I think I'm probably, I would be on Patriots to cover, even though they're not much of a cover team. Falcons have really struggled, but you're going to have to keep an eye on those injury reports. Before I would bet on either side, Cordero Patterson with that mild high ankle sprain, generally something that would keep you out for a while, has logged limited practices in there. Unsure if he gives it a go, he's the engine that makes that offense move, but that injury is easily re-aggravated. I think I'd be looking to stay away from Patterson as far as props. And then if you're going to get Patterson, you have to get away from Goldman, which means you have to get away from Davis. This Falcon team has a lot of question marks and they're not the good kind. Looking at the props here, and you could see the board is pretty unsure of what we're going to see. I love those rush yard props. Mac Jones for over five yards. You know, I like anytime a prop, you can get it in a single play. Of course, he is not a rushing quarterback at all, but he has topped five yards, you know, three or four times. So I, I, that one's out there. I don't think I'd be laying any kind of heavy wood on it, but you even see it, the uncertainty there. Damian Harris is the only rush prop listed on DraftKings at 52 and a half. You have to leave that one alone. Thanks, but no thanks. Receiving props, this does not look like much of a passing game. We did mention tight ends kind of getting work. So if Jonu Smith is out, Hunter Henry at 30. 3.5. I know he's not much of a volume guy. He really hasn't gone over it much lately. Again, these are not necessarily bets I'm taking. Just trying to walk you through how to read the board, how to apply it to the game script that we're anticipating, and then maybe whether or not it's a good idea to pull the trigger, bringing up tight ends against those Falcons. Let's take a look. Week one, Ertz and Goddard both went over 34. Next week, Gronkowski went over 34. You got to skip a few weeks for Gusecki and Durham Smythe both went over 34. Gasecki got up over 80. Then Adam Troutman for the Saints went over 47. Nothing doing for Dallas. So it's probably like a 50% success rate for those. Myers got to get over 55. Pitts has to get over 62. We know how Belichick likes to take away the opposing weapon. Alitame Zacchaeus at 34. Gage at 43. Sharp at 26. Tells you all you need to know about the muddiness in the past games in this one when i feel uncertainty i do not pull the trigger why no bet better than a bad bet let's do my favorite lesson in 60 seconds or less if you start with a hundred dollars and you lose 10 percent, you're down to 90 if the next bet yields 10 percent, you didn't get all your money back 10 percent of that subsequent 90 leaves you with 99 you're still down one percent from the total which doesn't sound like much until you keep repeating that process and if you continue to do so, you will end up at zero and wondering why when you lost 10-1-10, lost 10-1-10, lost 10-1-10. We're not talking dollars, we're talking percentages. So I know I'm a handicapper, I'm here to give out picks. Sometimes the best bet is no bet people, there you have it. I'm bringing up the receptions board as well totally messy it really looks juicy because no one listed over six you know five being the highest that you gotta get so maybe the look here is jacoby myers needing five catches he has not done it in the past three games but before that he did it in five of seven and hadn't gotten less than four we mentioned atlanta's difficulty defending the pass you know 35 attempts against 24 completions against that 24 completions one of the highest in the league 
Jones is going to have to go somewhere, and I guess that makes Myers the target. Again, I'm really just vocalizing these things. Thursday night has left such a nasty taste in my mouth. I don't mind if you leave this one outright. I want to bring up the triple slash here for Jacoby Myers. I think that's the bet I'm leaning on the most. My triple slash, I bring it over from baseball, is target share, air percentage, and A dot. My hope being the target percentage tells you the amount of the pie air percentage tells you the amount of total opportunities and then a dot when we're looking for those yardages more than anything jacoby myers is strong it's not great 23 percent target is doable 29 percent of the air yards a dot at 9.15 a dot being a lot less important if we're looking for those five catches but now i'm seeing i didn't realize before it's juiced up to minus 150 so for me people i'd probably be leaving most of this alone very hard to gauge with two kind of sloppy offenses and then New England's positive defense with the Atlanta injuries and the Thursday night part of the calculus. So I think my favorite bet here is probably just New England for the cover that over under set at 47. You know I'm way under it because of the pace that I described because of my perception of Atlanta's inability to move the ball today. So give me New England with the cover and the under. Those would be my favorite picks for the night. I'd probably even pack them together at plus 250 for a small bit there i always like to leave the door open for progressive hits again thinking in terms of percentages generally my key to success so i think that's the thursday night look ahead let's pop on over into that bargain bin everybody get out those short arms and long pockets my fellow cheapskates and let's do some bargain hunting starting up top at the qb position i'd like to preface this with saying i generally do not look for my dfs bargains at the QB position that used to be something I was into looking for that 5k quarterback however man we've seen such a disparity in talent particularly when referring to the rushing floors for some QBs it just makes it worse paying that thousand bucks to increase that floor and increase the ceiling exactly what we like to do so if I discount QB is right around 5k you got Cam Newton we're not certain of the total workload though he'd probably be good for a couple touchdowns again something we'll talk about tomorrow on the big show is that multiplier so when I mentioned the multiplier it's pretty simple everyone there's 50,000 in salary on DraftKings we're always shooting for 200 points so if you can get four times the salary you'll pace 200 now that's regardless of the cost regardless of the ceiling it's just a different kind of perspective so if we're digging down at the 5k level for qbs we're looking for a 20 point quarterback all the way at the bottom and with the potential split with newton and walker not sure you could get there i mean trevor lawrence is at 5.2 i've really struggled to get behind that jacksonville offense when they manage to protect him he doesn't throw it accurately if he they protect him and he throws it accurately the receiver's in the wrong spot if they protect him he throws it accurately and the receiver's in the right spot the receiver drops the ball remember it takes a lot to make an NFL offense move. That pass offense for Jacksonville, really poor, minus 10% pass DVOA near the bottom, only 214 yards a game, six yards per attempt, just under 10 yards per completion, more interceptions and touchdowns. That ain't gonna get it done. And it's a tough defense, right? In San Francisco, though we have seen a ton of injuries there, they have been strong against the pass. You'll probably see a ton of James Robinson in that one. So I'd be leaving Lawrence alone. I'd rather pay up and get a real chance at the 25, 30, 35 point game, or at least a much higher percentage chance 
at covering that multiplier. Tyrod Taylor against Tennessee, listed at 5K. Tennessee defense, be careful with those season-long stats. They're much improved as of late. And the Houston Texans have nothing redeeming going on there at all. If you're really desperate or an MME player in those big GPPs, just all transparency up front. I like to play between three and five lineups. I'd rather pay more for my entry and play against less people in a hopeful attempt to increase my percentage chance at winning there's a percentage thinking again but if you are a gpp player i think you'd have to get some flacco in the weapons are there for the jets everyone hates the jets yes they kind of stink but between ty johnson and mike carter and then crowder davis berrios there are weapons don't forget elijah moore there are weapons on the jets and they probably have the softest matchup of all these teams miami dolphins allowing over 380 total yards a game 40 attempts 26 completions for 274 yards those are all bottom three in the league they've struggled against number one wideouts 10 targets for 67 yards a game slot receivers have given them fits as well as tight ends so the miami defense is one that you can get to they have played a bit better of late against buffalo houston and baltimore two of those three really not bad competition so again the chance of this working out is probably pretty low but gun to my head of those qbs i'd be going with flacco i scrolled up just a touch again you always want to be thorough if you could find a few extra hundred dollars you can get the other side of that game and get with Tua against the Jets who are just allowing a jillion points and a half to everybody until the running back position we go this one is a tough one to nail down so early because it's so dependent on injury and the news so forgive me if I'm not really planting flags here this is just surveying the landscape again I found come Friday we were throwing all this information at people it felt like a good idea to put just a little bit of a spotlight even if it's just a little pocket flashlight on some of these potential bargains down low so right off the bat i would say probably a running back bargain is probably 5.5k or below alvin kamara limited practice if he's out mark ingram at 5.4 against the phillies something that we're definitely interested also david montgomery that price didn't really catch up to the usage people check this out i was a bit surprised to see it myself listen the backups on the bears were playing so well that i I think everyone thought that singletary would come back to some kind of share he really did not he dominated Snaplow just absolutely dominated 85% of snaps he had 13 carries and two catches Herbert had four carries and no catches so it's David Montgomery with the workload against Baltimore which couldn't be tough but the Chicago offense is looking better they're starting to tailor it to fields a bit more and with that kind of workload you got to give me Montgomery and Ingram at five and a half or below scroll down a little bit more uh, maybe Jeff Wilson Jr. on San Francisco Jamichael Hasty did not practice Elijah Mitchell did not practice so again that's you can't just lock them in and go to sleep until Sunday you know this work is kind of fluid but that running back room right now kind of decimated you know Mitchell has just dominated touches he had 27 carries against the Rams Jeff Wilson had 10 no one else really touched anything at all other than that zero catches from the backfield so I think you gotta like Jeff Wilson 
at the price at well if Mitchell is announced out he'll probably be super duper duper chalk then maybe if you're really deep diving a touch more you can go to the Texans we know they've really struggled in replacing Derrick Henry which of course is an impossible task Deonta Foreman did lead the way as far as snaps goes but it was very close 35% to Peterson's 33 to McNichols 27 McNichols is on the injury report I know I saw that one earlier with the concussion he did not practice Wednesday so he hasn't practiced yet the door is open for a bit of a workload expansion for I'm thinking it would be Deonta Foreman he clearly looked like the most explosive back in that backfield during that last game Adrian Peterson looking extremely extremely dusty Foreman coming in below 5k you know I love every bit of that let's hop on over to wide receivers where the bargains are probably found at 5k or below for me it's usually an opportunity thing you're gonna get a couple guys here that you're holding your nose and playing but at 5k that's really what it is I have found in daily I'd rather avoid the 8k players because that keeps you from having to play too many 5k players with the few options at running back this week hopefully we won't need any 5k wideouts being extremely versatile I like to get up into the 6k where there's a bit more assurance for targets Corey Davis we mentioned the Miami Dolphins struggled against the pass Davis going off at 5k people will probably be off the Jets with Flacco coming in but he's more of a pro quarterback than anybody we've really seen from the Jets so far Khalif Raymond on Detroit again these are going to be spotty as far as production goes but he's the number one wide out there I think you know he's he's led the team in receiving each of the last four games I believe so though it's not a world beater situation there again Goff didn't practice that may just have to get us off of those lines in general but that's one way to think of it also I think I'll be looking at Brandon Ayuk going up against Jacksonville we know that's a really good matchup he's come on as of late his triple slash really starting to creep up Ayuk 15% target 16% air yards and a 9.5 a dot however if you were to zoom in in the past five weeks those numbers are up over 18 apiece the a dot up near 10 so Brandon Ayuk definitely getting the workload that justifies 5k going up against a very poor Jacksonville team you got to check that one off Elijah Moore for the Jets same price as Corey Davis I'd be more willing to go with Davis in like a cash scenario or a lower field tournament I think Moore is the larger field GPP play Jamal Agnew on Jacksonville I think he hung a zero as far as catches goes but they're throwing him the ball so when we're looking for bargains daily and fantasy sports is a game of opportunity those are the currency that we deal in so it just becomes hard to ignore the work he's getting Jamal Agnew check it out 19% target share 21% of the air yards the a dot is low at eight but he can be a bit of a yak guy we saw him actually take a long rush to the house last week after that it's probably thanks but no thanks for me Chenault Michael Gallup Sammy Watkins McCall Hardman these are guys you really don't want to get with again I'd rather save my money elsewhere try and get myself up into the low sixes where you could look at DJ Moore Brandon Cooks Michael Pittman Amari Cooper granted those guys are not slam dunks every single week but they're head and shoulders better than the players that I named so if you find yourself in a situation with 
the 5K left for a single receiver. Emmanuel Sanders there at 5.3. I tried to click up just a little bit, but 5K or below, it's got to be Brandon Ayuk for me. Let's get into the tight ends briefly. Now, a tight end discount probably comes in below, let's say 4K, maybe even a bit lower than that. Logan Thomas, if he's back below 4K, he gets full use. You got to queue him up. Adam Troutman actually started getting some looks. We know he's an extremely athletic tight end. He can catch passes. He had five catches for 32 yards. That was actually the leading reception getter for the Saints. Something to keep an eye on against Philly, who allows a lot of passes underneath. Let's keep Troutman circled at 3.3. Gerald Everett for the Seahawks. He was a focus of the pass game with Russell Wilson struggling with the finger at 3.1 going up against Arizona. And I think other than that, I'd probably be leaving those alone. Those two guys will be getting the bulk of the attention for the discount guys. And of course, Tyler Conklin at 3.9 as well. He's just a fixture. He's probably going to be a low-end tight end one every single week. You know, as we head out, Minnesota just works him into the game. He's had at least three catches in each of the last four games, five catches in two of four, and two touchdowns in the last one. Not a world beater, but a part of the offense and something that we can look at when we're checking out those bargains. Again, opportunity is the name of the game. Tyler Conklin, pretty strong triple slash for a tight end. 20% of targets, 17% of air yards in the A dot below six, which we'd expect. But keep an eye on that triple slash as you make those final decisions. All right, people, we're up against the clock. Thank you for picking up what we're putting down. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Please rate, review, subscribe, tell your buddies, tell your league mates, tell your friends and family to check out Big John and Matt Williams. Shoot us a follow at MLB Moving AVG NFL Moving Averages or M-A-T-T-W-I 77-I-A-M-S. Do not forget the big show tomorrow. Me and Matt are such a good compliment to each other. We do the work separately. We come and hash it out and where the Venn diagrams cross, where they intersect, those consensus plays have been cash money. So from the big guy with the big mouth from the Big Apple, thank you so, so very much for your precious time. Enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy your day. And when we're done with the book, enjoy that pay, everybody. Peace.